He's going to speak into it. And we're going to carry on. This is week four of our detox. So let's pray for Lydia. Father, we thank you. Oh, yeah. Father, we just want to thank you for Lydia, Lord God. So I'm praying against any sickness in her body. Uh, pray for her and baby as they bring the word this morning. Father, we thank you for the fire that's in Lydia, Lord God, to see people be discipled in your word, but also to walk in your wonders, Lord God. Father, we thank you. We pray you honored this morning, King Jesus, through Lydia's word. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, thank you. Didn't know he was going to do that, but it's always lovely to hear your husband rave about you. I need to do that more for Joseph. That's his love language, his uh, words of affirmation. So it's so easy for him to, to give words like that, whereas I struggle. I'll, I'll do an action for you. I'll make you breakfast, and that's my love language to him. And he's like, oh, thanks. But to me, I'm like, oh, that was, I poured my whole heart into that breakfast. But anyway, we're learning each, each day and just getting stronger and stronger. Um, but, yeah, how's everyone? A bit chilly this morning. I think the sun's out today, so you can defrost outside later. Um, but so good to see you. Um, so I've got three different Bible stories I'd like to read this morning. So if you've got your Bibles with you, the first one um, I get you to turn to is Jonah 1. Just give you a minute to find it. Share with someone next to you if you don't if you don't have a Bible or phone or iPad. You can get your Bible on anything these days. Okay, here we go. Jonah one. Jonah flees from the Lord. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for the port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid and cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up, call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us, so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who was responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us. Who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. That kind of cracked me up because then they were terrified. You know, like this God that he worships is making this sea go crazy. What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, what should we do to make the sea come down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. 
I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. And just lastly, verse 17, uh, Jonah's prayer. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly for three days and three nights. So here we have Jonah called by God, but in verse 3 he runs away. Jonah learnt the hard way that you can't outrun God. He gave Jonah a chance to let him think about it for three days while he sat inside this huge fish until Jonah came to a place where he cried out to God and he said, okay, okay, I'll go. So God hears and makes the fish vomit Jonah out. In verse 3, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Then Jonah obeyed. Sometimes for us, it takes us a few times to, for God to get our attention. And in this verse, it shows God doesn't give up on us, even if we are running away from him. Imagine being told by God to go to a city and preach against its wickedness. Let me see whose hand would go up. <laughs> I know that would be a challenge for me. Um, and the second story, I'll come back to Jonah, but the second story I'd like us to turn to is in Exodus 3, verse 1. And this story is about Moses. Yep, Exodus 3, verse 1. I'm going to call Khan, my second son, to come and read until I say when. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Herob, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire within the bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush did not burn up. When, Lord, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, Here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am your God of your fa- I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this Moses hid his face because he was afraid of God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up of the land into the spacious land, a land of flowing milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Pezzarites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way of the Egyptians oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you the Pharaoh, or to the Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, 
Who am I that I shall go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be a sign that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me too. And they ask me, What is his name? Then I shall tell them. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of our fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent you. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. Thank you, Khan. Let's give Khan a hand. Oh, that wasn't easy for him to come up. Um, I won't carry on, but if we just uh, skip over to verse 4. Um, and this is God continuing to tell Moses um, what he needs to do because Moses was a bit afraid. He was asking God and questioning God, what if they don't believe me? What if they don't listen to me? Um, so right through verse 4, that God is giving Moses every detail of what he needs to do, um, every action. Um, but still, right to the end, here we go. Um, verse 13. But Moses said, pardon your, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, What about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you, and it will be as if he, was, he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this, this staff in your hand, so you can perform the signs with it. So here we have Moses called by God. And the first thing he says in verse 11 is, who am I? Moses then says, what if they don't believe me? Or they don't listen to me? What am I to say then? Moses then says, pardon your servant, Lord, but I am not well spoken. I am slow to speech and tongue. After all that God had said, after all the details of how Moses was going to lead the Israelites out of Egypt, Moses still doubted and said, please send someone else, Lord. By this time, this is when the Lord got a bit upset. Kind of reminds me of your kids. You just try and encourage them and you say, you got this, you can do it. And then by the 10th time, you're just like, ah, you, yeah, bite your tongue. You can do it, you know, you can do it. It was kind of like, Carney, this morning, I said, Khan, I'd love you to read for me. Oh, no, 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 no. Khan, it's just one verse, I know you can do it. No, I can't read, I'll ask somebody else. But I know he can do it, I knew he could do it, so I just had to encourage him, and he came up here and do it. Um, yeah, there's only so much the Lord will take. He gave every instruction he could to Moses, but Moses still didn't believe he could do it. I'll come back to Moses. Um, and our last story is very short. If we can turn to Matthew 4, 18.
getting there. Sorry. Matthew 4.18. Jesus calls his first disciples. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat, and their father Zebedee preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So this is the third story where Jesus calls his first disciples. These men were called by God and left what they were doing instantly. And I think it's important to note that this wasn't a hobby for these men. Like how we fish today, some, some of us go out and it's just a, a nice way of relaxing and, and getting some, some fish. And if not, you've had a great time out on the water. But these men, this was their jobs. This was their income. This was their food. And they didn't hesitate when Jesus called them. They heard them call, they heard Jesus call and they left straight away. You know, what I love about this story is these men didn't sit there and go, mmm, nah, who's going to provide for us? Who's going to provide for our families? Where's our money going to come from? Where's our food going to come from? They trusted and believed and walked into their calling. You know, the first story we read was Jonah. Jonah ran from God. The second story was Moses. Moses doubted and questioned God. In the third story, Peter and Andrew dropped everything and ran towards God. Are any of these stories speaking to you today? These three stories, I can see two things they have in common. The first one is they were all called by God. Uh, Number two is they had to leave their comfort zones. And for the last three to four weeks, preparing and praying for today, yes, that's how long it takes me. Don't just do it the night before. (laughs) Um, I asked the Lord, what did you want me to speak on? And I kept getting the words comfort zone. Comfort zone means a settled method of working that requires little effort and yields barely acceptable results. To me, comfort zone means a safe place because you don't have to put yourself out there. But if you stay within your comfort zone, you will never grow. You will stay the same And you could miss out on opportunities that are right there in front of you. Being out of your comfort zone will bring a discomfort because there's a stretching that's taking place. It's a time to be challenged, but it'll make you stronger, more confident, and it'll make you try new things. It will also bring discipline. It will bring change, but it will require a sacrifice. It could be a sacrifice of your time, It could be a sacrifice of your finances. It could even be of your friends, the company you're keeping. Do your friends encourage you? Do they add value to your life? Or are they draining and constantly pulling you down? Or it could even mean a sacrifice of your family. For example, if you're called to another country. For me, being out of my comfort zone is this place right here where I'm standing talking in front of people where they're all just staring and listening. (laughs) It's a place I never, ever thought I'd be because in my high school years, I couldn't even do my fifth form speech in front of my class. I asked the teacher if 
everyone could leave and then I could do it in front of her and praise the Lord, she said yes. Um, that's how afraid I was of, of public speaking. And for a long time I knew that God was calling me to do this. And I would be like Moses. Who, me? Surely not me. I can't speak properly. Ask someone else. Until I decided to trust God and let him give me the words to stay instead of ignoring his call. I'll be honest, it's not, it doesn't get easier, but it's a great challenge. And um, yeah, for me to stand up here, my heart's pounding, I'm sweating, even though it's cold. <laughs> um, and, I, and I have doubt during the week that I don't, I say to myself that maybe I shouldn't be doing this until I really press into God and he reminds me that you can do this. I've called you to do this. And that's all I need to hear from my father. Another place where I came out of my comfort zone was four years ago. Uh, Joe and I were um, on eldership team with about six other couples at Faith City Church. And, um, you know, we were, we were happy there. Everything was awesome. And then... Um, so Paul and Tanya, who used to lead the gate... Um, had a relationship with Michael who led Faith City and Michael presented um, just what Paul and Tanya had come and said, we feel called to Rarotonga. Is there anyone around this table that feels called to the gate? And was it crickets in the air? <laughs> there was no hands up. There were a few eyes I remember glanced over to Joe and I and I just sat there like... <clears throat> and um, anyway, months had gone past and no one... Um, had said anything um, and yeah I prayed about it on my own and I know um, I actually didn't know Joe was coming to Papakura walking around the land praying over the land weeping and God had told him way before he told me and anyway a couple of months went past and Joe would come to me and say have you, have you been praying I said yes yes of course I have. He knows me. Don't force me to do anything, which is so encouraging um, just for husbands to let their wives hear from God because your relationship is separate. Um, and so anyway, it took, a, it took a, a, a long time, actually. Maybe six months had gone past, and I was in the kitchen where God speaks to me very clearly. It's probably where I spent half my life. And God said, it's you guys. And I was like, oh, oh probably in a little bit of denial, but that was, and then Joe came back and said, have you been praying? And I said, yes, it's us. <laughs> I know it's us. Um, but that was our journey of coming here. So it wasn't easy for us, um, especially not me, um, leaving our family and friends at Face City um, and my, my whole family's there. And where I felt I was comfortable. Um, and so that was probably a, a hard Thing for me, but I'm so glad I was obedient. Otherwise, I wouldn't be standing here today with this, you know, our family now. And so, yeah, um, just like you to think about something that God's maybe challenging you with. Is there some comfort zones that you need to come out of this year? Kia ora kare. 
I love Katia, she's so honest, eh? But um, I won't hurry this part. Um, you know, if I could even just get you to close your eyes and have a think of what things in our lives are in, our, are in the way of you walking into all that God has for you. Is it your past? Are we constantly thinking back to what we have done and we get stuck there and we wish that we could have done things differently? But guess what? God doesn't remind us of our past. If it's bad or good, it doesn't matter. Is it doubt holding you back? Do we question everything instead of giving it to God and trusting him? Is it fear? Fear of not being good enough. Fear of thinking, what will people think of me? Fear of failure. God didn't call us to live in a place of fear, but freedom. Are you running like Jonah? Jonah didn't get very far. So I encourage you, if you're running, run towards God. Or you could be running into all that God has for you, which is amazing. And if that's you, pray for the person that isn't. If God's speaking to you this morning and you're okay with coming out of your comfort zone and standing up the front, I'd love to pray for you and I'd also just get some leaders around you to come and stand with you. If you felt God reminding you of some areas that you need to, to grow in, but you're struggling, that's all it takes is an action. And as Joe always says, it's nothing great about the front but it's just easier for us to pray for you and sometimes it takes that action of you stepping out and saying here I am Lord I know you were speaking to me this morning Everyone's going through different things in their lives. So this is all about you this morning, not about the person next to you. It's whatever God's doing in your life. And if your heart's pounding and you know you need to bring change into some area, then don't hesitate. Come up the front. Love to pray with you.
um, for those that are sitting, if I can just get you to pray for those standing up. Let's do this as a family. Pray for one another. And it's not too late. If you feel that any of those three stories related to you, then come, come to the front. Don't be shy. The worst that could happen is that you go away changed for the better. Thank you, Lord. He never told it would be easy. He said suffering will come, but he promised peace. Peace, peace. He never told you it would be easy. He said, suffering will come, but he promised peace. Peace, peace. He never told you it would be easy. He said, suffering will come, but he promised peace. Peace, peace. He never told you it would be easy. He said, suffering will come, but he promised peace. Peace, peace. He never told you it would be easy. He said suffering would come, but he promised peace. Peace. told you it would be easy he said suffering will come he promised peace 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 he never told you it would be easy, he said. Suffering will come, and he promised peace. peace.